everybody. Welcome back to another No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm Johnny Morton, and I'm joined by my always beautiful wife. Oh, wow. That's thick. You said that last time. It was I, thick. It's I just said sick honest. or thick? It's uh, whatever it is. It's just <laughs> thank pure you. honesty uh-huh, on my part. Exactly. It Not is. true, but thank you. That is true. I think Sometimes you're I look crazy, beautiful. and we're so glad this Beauty is not on is video. in the eye of the beholder, <laughs> and anyway. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Um, tonight, we're going to talk about something that neither one of us are experts about, but that's okay. Oh, I, if yeah, I'm like the farthest <laughs> thing from an expert and on that this. Is, we just thought we would take a look and just chat a little while about technology and its impact its impact on marriage yeah not on different types of technology <laughs> i think most of us know that um but really its impact both positive and the negative sides i think a lot of times we tend to focus just on the negative oh i definitely do and there can be really positive things about technology if you learn to use it well and right with some boundaries. Okay. So, um, you know, for those of you who don't know, we are, uh, if you're just coming into our podcast, I think we've shared earlier, we have been married for a little over 39 years. And so when we got married, um, none of the stuff, yeah, technology, a lot of technology we deal with today. I mean, there were no, I don't think there were personal computers much yet. Maybe they're just in their infancy. Um, yeah, Definitely no cell phones. Oh yeah, no. Uh, we House remember phones. we remember yeah we remember landlines and yeah, we remember bag phones, which are really cutting edge technology. When you know, I think we first got married, uh, pagers. I remember having a pager. Yep. And, and those kind of things, but you know, talk about a world that is just sort of turned upside down. Technology is that world. It changes faster. I'm sure by the time we finish this podcast, something will be obsolete and something new will be on the horizon. It is hard. We tell, we talk to our kids sometime about the idea of, you know, when we talk about growing up or early in our marriage, you know, what existed, what didn't, and they kind of look at you like you have three heads. But we kind of laugh and say to them, well, what you have known as a teenager, as a young adult, think about how your children may be. 25, 30 years from now, when you tell them what you had as a teenager or when you first married and then what they have, they're going to look at you probably the same way. Because again, that's how fast it's changing. And it is definitely something that has a lot of potential for good, but a lot of potential for, like you said, misuse or... Yeah, and I know a lot of people look sometimes, they only look at the negative and that, you know, technology is the source of all evil and there are a lot of bad things out there and we're going to mention those and talk about those. But it's like someone who I remember listening to somebody and they talked about, you know, technology is just like a brick and you can use a brick to build a house for the homeless or you can use a brick to break a storefront window and help yourself to all their stuff. It's not the brick, it's the one using it. And that's how I think in marriage you need to see technology. 
the, the key is not the technology that's the problem. It's how we use it and how we allow it to, um, to be used in our lives. Yeah. And I definitely think this is also going to be a kind of discussion and talk that has some generational pieces to it. And so if you're listening and you're over 40, some of your thinking may be way different than the couple or person that's listening that's 22. And all they've known is this very digital technical age. And so some of the concerns sometimes that somebody from another generation is seeing, they may or may not be able to always be aware of. Yeah, I think in some of the things we just got through talking previously about, we did an episode on perspective. And technology is one of those areas that from a generational standpoint, there can be huge differences in perspective yeah, on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think if you asked most, you know, we're part of the baby boomer generation. And if you ask most baby boomers, hey, technology is nice, but it's a luxury. It's not a necessity. You talk to a millennial or a Gen Zer, oh, it's an absolute oh, necessity yeah. to their life. Yeah. And they actually have phobias when they're not sometime able to connect with what's going on. That's how that is so embedded and ingrained in their culture and the way they function. Yeah. And, and so the reality is, hey, technology and, you know, when we talk about it, we're thinking about uh, computers, we're talking about tablets, we're talking particularly cell phones, which is maybe the most dominant piece of technology. I laughed one time as talking to a friend who uh, works in the missions and mission field, and he talked about going to this one place, and there was a tribe that was fairly primitive in what they did and how they lived, and yet pretty much every single one of them had cell phones. Oh, yeah. They yeah. may not have running water. But they had cell phones. Oh, yeah. I had a situation with a patient come in, and they were from a culture where they did not use um, electricity. They were very primitive. She wasn't wearing shoes at the time. She had a certain way of dressing. They did not, you know, we're not going to have infant formulas, this, that, and the other. Everything was very um, natural. Um, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden, I'm sitting having this discussion with her about the baby. And I start hearing this phone ringing. And I knew I did not have my phone in the room with me. It was down in the diaper bag. And I'm thinking, really? You don't have electricity? You don't wear shoes, but you have a cell phone? So yeah, I mean, it's really, it, yeah, it it is, that is something that is almost everywhere. Yeah, it's become sort of a, a rite of passage. Uh, that everybody, you have to have a cell phone Certain or there's things, probably yeah. something wrong with you. So what we want to talk about is, hey, what are some of the dangers and some of the things you need to be careful of when it comes to your marriage? But we also want to look at, hey, how can you use technology in a really positive way, in a way that really enhances and blesses your relationship, can really help it grow as opposed to something that may be detrimental and may be a real source of conflict within the relationship. Would you like me to start on the, the, we're gonna the start, downside? Yeah, we're going to start on the downside and some of the negatives, some that we've experienced, and then some that we know from couples a, that we've worked with. We've experienced? I don't know. Have we no, experienced? No, this is more of you Oh, what have I done? Okay, it. okay. Okay, yeah. True confessions. I guess my confession is that Carl is going to give them to us. Go ahead. Well, now, oh, no, I was going to say, 
our challenge is you get obsessed when you are on your computer looking at your phone, um, whatever. Okay, so I guess those would be the two main things you're looking at. And so, and you get, um, I guess, alerts or notifications like every single sport with every single thing that could be happening anywhere in the world. You want to keep up with what's going exactly. on, Carla. So there's a constant little ping, ping, ping. And I'm like, is somebody texting you? No, that's just so-and-so soccer. Uh, that's just so-and-so draft. That's just so-and-so this. So, yeah, that's like... Are a, you saying that's a problem? I'm leaning toward how okay. this is a problem, right? That's what I'm talking about right now. Okay. So that can be a constant source of you could say interruption maybe distraction distraction um, and so where does that come to play it when does that tend to irritate you the most oh okay well this is the thing you walk in the room and you say hey i'm gonna say like i say like hey sweetheart could could <laughs> okay. you would you or i just holler out something kind of a question yeah. a statement something now if I'm not looking at you and I realize you're on the phone, looking at your computer, that kind of thing, then I don't realize because you're 10 feet away that you didn't, quote, hear me because you're engrossed in this device. Right. So therefore, that. that says to me, my voice, my presence is not as strong of a... It's not Attraction. important. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not that yeah, whatever not your magnet. whatever text, whatever messages you're getting are more important than I am. Yes. Yeah, now, and that's one of the things. And so that's one of the big barriers. It is. It can be a huge communication barrier and yes. downer. And the problem is if you do, if you're not really mindful of it. So it's almost a mindfulness awareness of it, and then the boundary piece. In thinking, you know, okay, how do we guard the fact that we're not constantly glued to our phones, glued to our tablets, on the computer or the television? I mean, you know, whatever it is, but it's usually one of those other sources that you're really so far away. You're in the same room, but you could be galaxies apart. Yeah, and the reality is where I don't, I think it's one of those things where I don't think the purpose, the person is consciously saying, hey, I'm this is more, you. yeah, I'm ignoring you. We become so, I guess almost addicted yes. to, to the dings and the vibrations or whatever else the notification might happen to be that it's almost like, hey, whatever this is on my phone is the most important thing going on right now. And I need to pay attention to it. You know, we talk about, you know, the, now you have the smart watches where no, you, you even have, they don't have to those. be looking at their phone. And you've mentioned this before that you're in a conversation. All of a sudden you see somebody and turn their wrist. They look at their watch because somebody they've gotten a message. They've gotten something. And immediately, you know, they've lost them. Yep. And ultimately, whether they mean that or not, the ultimate message that comes from that is this is more important than you are. Than what you're saying. You're in the moment with me, but I'm more interested in what's coming across my phone or my watch or whatever. And and that happens at work. That happens in relationships, friendships, gatherings. And I think, and again, I may be speaking from a generational piece here, so I, I'm owning up to this, 
that to me equates to back in the day, if we'd have been standing in the room and you were telling me something, the telephone's ringing and I just pick it up and just start in with who's ever on the phone and just leave you halfway in your sentence. And we yet we do that every single day when we allow that phone, watch, whatever to trump whoever's in front of us. So I think one of the, and let's go ahead and talk about it now. Hey, what's one of the, it's not, let's just say this right now. That's not a good thing. Now we're not talking about, there may be something that you are waiting for an incredibly important phone call or message or something. And I understand that. And you just say, Hey, I've been waiting on this message. Can you excuse me for it? Let me do it. But that's not usually how it happens. And the whole key here is in so many other aspects of marriage, you've just got to have some self-discipline here and you just got to create that, whether that's keep it in your pocket, put it on silent if you need to, while you're talking to somebody, however you need to do it, or even just a matter of just having the self-discipline to put it away, to put it down, to stick it in your pocket, whatever you need to do and focus on the person that's conversing with you. And I, I think a lot of couples, we've heard couples, and we we did this with the children coming along at certain points when they had phones. So you may have some boundaries like you do with your kids. If you've got kids of age that would have them, which is almost anybody past kindergarten, I think. But anyway, okay, we don't have them at the dinner table. Put your phones away. We're going to talk while we eat dinner. Or with your kids, you're going to say, hey, at a certain time, I need your cell phone to plug in up, up here at night. Maybe they don't get to take them to their room or keep them all night or whatever that it looks like. But the same thing may be true in your relationship. Like maybe you have a, a 30 minute, you know, technology free time. Maybe that's at dinner. Maybe it's you have a few minutes at night once you get the kids down and you just put that away as opposed to just surfing the internet, surfing Facebook, um, what are all the other Snapchat, the all the other things, Twitter, that are, Twitter, and Instagram. you're following somebody Instagram and for so younger you, generation TikTok, TikTok. So you just put it down and you say, "Let's talk for a few minutes," because I guarantee you, if you do not, there will be conversations, connections that you are missing because of that device. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And that is, and that's one, that's one of the challenges for me and that I've really had to learn to do. And we've talked about this before is God really builds in me that the communication aspect of being a good listener and you can't be a good listener when you're distracted by the technology that's with you. Yeah. Okay. So that's obviously one big thing that it can be a real barrier in communication. What are some other things that you can think of that are sort of I guess, real negatives or real dangers of technology? Well, I think you're going to probably bring up the obvious one, which would be things like pornography, things like... Well, you just brought it up. Oh, sorry. But I I was going to say, you may speak a little bit more to that. But I was going to say, and this may sound really silly, but to me, one that's a huge danger. And I want you to talk about that in a second. But the other thing is, I think sometimes... I think there are two other places that it's dangerous. I think, and, and, and I'm going to say that I think women may struggle with this more than, than a man does. But I could be wrong, but this is what I think, and this is what we hear. Um, when you're scrolling through Facebook, 
when you're looking at different things, I think what happens is you get this snapshot photo um sanitized sort of this real sanitized everything's wonderful kind of view of what's going on in somebody else's life and so you're looking over there and you just saw this other family or this other couple's hawaiian vacation you just saw their whatever whatever you just saw this and you see that and all of a sudden there is this discontentment Man, they look like they have it together. I like the fact that that guy looks good. I like the fact that he makes more money than I think my husband does. Why doesn't my husband think to take me to Hawaii? Look at this gift she just got. Look at this ring she's showing. So I think it's so easy for all of a sudden there to be this seed of comparison and I am envious and I'm discontent with where I am. So I think that's one big thing. And again, I think maybe females a little more struggle with that. The other piece is I almost think it's like competing. Like if somebody is constantly on their phone, just looking for other things, things that amuse them, things that interest them, things that make them laugh things that are memes, things that are little, every kind of thing like that. It's almost like our need is so to find this other thing to delight us and interest me that you in front of me don't do that. You're sitting over there and I think I'd really rather get on my phone and see if I can find something funny somebody's posted as opposed to engage with you, my spouse. And y'all, the truth is, sometimes that's where couples are. But I think the technology is making that... The technology isn't the problem. The technology is a sign. Is a sign. And I think when there are issues there, instead of us continuing to work toward movement to find good places where we can start to flourish and connect and enjoy, I'm going to just check out with some little something on my phone. And it's almost like, I know this is sort of a different thing, but I do think there's another direction that even if not so much, there's not conversation going on. We've gotten to that point as a society, we're very uncomfortable with just silence. And I don't mean it has to be noise, but silence even from the standpoint of information. Oh yeah. Cause you want and, constant. Yeah, we always, we want that constant, um, I know what Input the coming into our brains. Yeah, that is. We just want that constant noise, that constant uh, stuff that's just going because we don't like being quiet and silent. And we've sort of lost the art of that. Yeah. And, and I think that has some profound spiritual implications that we won't get, won't get into. But obviously the spiritual is a huge aspect in your married life. Yeah. And I just, so to me, those are two that I would say are real dangers and you can speak a little bit on the um, pornography, but to me, those are are two big ones. Yeah. And let's sort of, that's, and and there's, we're only, let's be honest, as we've gone through this and my mind's going, man, we have just touched the tip of the iceberg. And in fact, all we're going to be doing in this session. And so we're going to do a follow-up session on really the positives, (laughs) because I think all we're going to be is talking about the dangers in, in technology, the misuse of technology. And, and that's one that one of the big problems in marriages and not just in marriages, but in our culture and society today is internet pornography. And, you know, along with that, the fastest growing segment of internet pornography is mobile. 
that people are accessing it on their, their phones. personal phones. Mm. And it is, it's an epidemic in our culture. And it is one of the most incredibly damaging things to relationships that there is. And when you look at statistics, if they can be believed, and, you know, there's been a lot of research that it is a huge, huge issue in marriages. That as many as 50% of marriages out there say that pornography used by one partner or the other is a huge problem. Yeah. And we could spend a whole session on the pornography thing, and we're not going to do that tonight. But it is. It is. It's incredibly demeaning to your partner because what it says is you're not good enough to me. I need to find my satisfaction in a fantasy. It creates a fantasy of what physical and intimacy should look like that's not real. And it's something that nobody can ever measure up to. And it is just, it is such a form of rejection of your partner. And if you're one of those couples that, boy, that's a problem, man, that is something you have got to get help, help with. On. It's not something, it's something that's really hard to get over that by yourself. But there's no doubt that there's been an incredible rise in pornography usage with the advent of personal computer tablets and now cell phones and the amount of information and streaming that we can do on there. And we always have this idea that it's hidden and it's secret and not, but it'll come out. And even if it is, it's still causing problems within marriage relationships. Well, the thing is, is you, you were sort of reflecting on the person that, that, that's, looking at pornography, you know, experiencing with pornography and the effect that it has on the spouse that can't ever, quote, quote, measure up to this mental image yeah, that it's you not have. Just, and let me just throw this in there. Where most statistics say the majority of visitors, pornographic sites are men. It's not just men. No. That if you believe the stats, about 30% of women are looking at pornography on a regular basis. So it goes to both sides. Both sides. But again, the, the point of how that does your partner is incredibly, um, like you said, demeaning. You can never compete with what's in something's mind. But the other piece of that is the bondage that the person gets in because it is one of those addiction, like really any addiction, it leads down a slippery slope that may start out where you think you can control it and ultimately, like every kind of addiction, you're in bondage. It is controlling you. And whether or not you think anybody knows yet, it is impacting your marriage in every way. Yeah. And for a lot of people, and I speak to I, I speak to both men and women, if this is something you're struggling in your marriage, that for most people is something that started back in their younger years, yeah. their teen years. And it's something that either they saw as it's not a problem or it doesn't really matter, it's inoffensive, or even a lot of times people that want to stop it and they know it's wrong, they don't know how to. And so that's one of those areas you have got to get help, seek a good counselor that can help you deal with what's become really a psychological addiction there. Uh, Boy, this time has flown by. Yes. And, and to be honest, we really thought when we started this, I was thinking, okay, we're going to do both. And yet 
Man, technology is an incredible thing that God's given brilliant people to develop. And like every other good thing, Satan will use it, use it to create sin and problems and conflict. And he's attacking marriages every day with a lot of different things. And unfortunately, almost this thing that we willingly bring into our lives and marriage technology because we haven't learned the self-discipline to use it wisely as in anything else can happen is become incredibly detrimental to marriages. Yeah. Uh, so what advice would we give you? One, if it's a problem, talk about it. You've got to communicate. If you're frustrated with some things, if it's a listening thing, if it's creating these false expectations or false pictures, if it's something like pornography usage that is having an impact in your marriage, find someone to talk with. Talk about it as a couple. Ask the hard questions. Yeah. Find some help with a marriage coach, a marriage counselor, but don't just keep letting it be an issue. Yeah, for sure. And we will, on the next podcast, we will talk about, which we really meant to get to, but like you said, it ended up just taking more time. But again, there are, as in anything, there's good. And we want to talk about some of the fun ways, creative ways, ways that you really can use technology to build into your marriage. Yeah, to really enhance it and make it stronger and healthier and, kind of and exciting. really keep that fire burning. Yeah. So I want to give you some tips on that. So join us next time and we'll do the upside of this. All right. Say so good night, Carla. Good night. Or goodbye, goodbye, whichever it is you happen to say this. And as always, we encourage you to keep on forging.